Good morning, everyone. Friends, our first reading speaks about a time of great challenge for the people, and the prophet is sending a message of hope. And we hear Jesus repeat that in the gospel. He refers to it again. St. Paul um, speaks about great challenges in a community he loved and one that he established. And uh, while the first reading talks about light and darkness, um, and Jesus speaks about the same way, Paul kind of is getting at, okay, here's part of the problem of that. Always focus on the light, never, never, never forgetting that there are darkness, there's challenges. And my friends, when I look back on the history of the church, it has its ups and downs and uh, moments of incredible togetherness and, of course, scandalous divisions. From the time of Christ's ascension until the day of his second coming, I suspect it will be that way. Perhaps this is so because the church has been and continues to be in a spiritual war, uh, which Satan is the enemy, sin is the enemy, and holiness is an ally. And both are real. Last week and this week I've been speaking about it, and some people have become a little uncomfortable with me using Satan, his name. And yet Jesus spoke about it in the scriptures, so I suspect then you're very uncomfortable with Jesus. <laughs> but... I acknowledge both. How can you not? Our Lord has spoken about both things. And um, we see this truth exemplified in the first generations uh, where, um, of Christians. And uh, my friends, uh, we see one of the things uh, that I've told you last week was Satan, one of his things is to divide people. He loves it. He tried to divide Jesus from his father. You don't have to do what your father tells you. You have your own power. And then he did that with the apostles. You guys don't have to like each other. You guys don't even have to agree about anything. He tried to pit uh, Peter against Jesus. You see, so it's a tactic. And uh, you see this uh, in the first generations of Christmas. Christians, while the apostles were still very much on the earth and working. Uh, St. Paul, we gather then from his letters, was also at work spreading the good news. And at the same time, managing crises of faith and issues of morality in his church and church discipline itself. Today's second reading tells us of one of these um, such uh, crises of management that he was working on. St. Paul, as I told you, established that community, and he spent months instructing it and appointed local leaders, as we know, we call them bishops these days, um, uh, to continue the work. And uh, Paul receives news that that community is becoming divided. And challenges called, um, caused different cliques of believers uh, that led directly to divisions in that community. And when you read um, the letters to Corinth, uh, Corinth had some really, really tough problems. And uh, St. Paul reminds them that all Christians are called to be united in Christ and uh, that they are to build up the kingdom of heaven. And you do that certainly by beginning with unity and never giving into, let alone participating in rivalries and jealousies and gossiping and rumors and backbiting. He tells them to work toward being of the same mind and of the same purpose, the building up of the kingdom. St. Paul reminds the community that he and we all are servants of the Lord and what matters is not so much who preaches, but what is being preached. In particular, Jesus Christ must be proclaimed. 
some of those challenges that existed in Corinth were present in communities later on also in the church. And friends, I bring up this one theme because it's one of the more famous ones. When the Franciscan order and the Dominican order were founded, some of our members, some of our Catholic members, praised and rallied on one, to one group, and then they angrily criticized the other. Today, similar challenges threaten church unity. In the most recent years, as in the past times, God has raised up a variety of prophets to speak and a variety of movements and religious orders. Could we say that God does so in order to open up uh, continued channels of grace, arming and supporting his church in a new period of history? Well, my friends, however, this flowering, if you will, caused rivalries and divisions amongst Christians. And often uh, uh, Christians will criticize this group, that group, this uh, thing, that thing, uh, this pope, that pope, this bishop, that, this, that, and the other. The list goes on and on. I was, this morning I was writing one out and just kept going and going and going. And I thought, but I choose to see where there is unity, where we are united. And uh, because the other way is not particularly helpful at all. Um, and it certainly does not build up the church. And uh, any movement, any liturgical tradition, any devotion that has received church approval should be respected and honored by all the members, whether or not one has discerned by the Holy Spirit that they should participate directly in that particular movement. Why do we struggle so much against the Holy Spirit? St. Paul urges putting to rest these unchristian rivalries uh, to silence once and for all destructive criticism and giving equal reverence to whatever the church recognizes as the work of the Holy Spirit. If we are being completely honest, criticism and impassioned disagreements, I don't have any social media presence, but I hear about it all the time through Facebook, through Twitter. And Man, people are just mean. There's a lot of good. <laughs> While we have the Lord's grace, we have his sacraments that help us, and we have prayer to assist us, we each must also want to be agents of unity instead of uh, division. And my friends, um, one of the things that brings us together is the teachings of Christ and to be clear about, because sometimes even that is what causes division. So allow me to remind you of his teachings that I believe are very clear. He said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Not maybe, do it. When he said this, he rejected the darkness of revenge and brought the light of forgiveness and reconciliation to our hearts. And uh, he taught through the parable of the Good Samaritan to reject the darkness of neglect and of indifference and urge people to care for one another. In his teaching on authority, he rejected the darkness of oppression and urged those in positions of authority not to lord it over the people, to guide them and to shepherd them and, and to govern over them, but to do so with gentleness and humility. And friends, uh, Jesus, he delivered sinners out of darkness of sin and into the light of God's grace and mercy and reminded him all that God is our Father and he loves us. He took the outcasts and those who were marginalized out of darkness of rejection into the light of acceptance. 
He brought the sick and the wounded out of the darkness of suffering and pain into the light of well-being and fortitude. I recall Zacharias, the little man who climbed the tree, who uh, the community found him guilty of being a thief and being selfish. So there we go. So Jesus brings him out of that, which mostly was hearsay and rumor, by the way. But he brings him out of that uh, area of selfishness into the light of joy and sharing uh, and with charity. And I recall Martha and Mary uh, when their brother died. They were in such darkness. They, their pain uh, at the loss of their brother was great. And Jesus brings them out of that darkness of hopelessness into the very light of heaven itself when he actually raises their brother. And then ultimately Jesus rises himself from death. And in doing so, he scatters the darkness of eternal death and promised those who would follow him that they would never walk again completely in darkness, but they would always have the light of life within them. And my brothers and sisters, this is so important. Um, like I said, I, I acknowledge challenges and differences, but I also, uh, as Jesus spoke, I also know there is hope in all things. There is because the victory has been won. And my friends, um, when that Lord, when the peace of our Lord enters into our hearts, um, this is a great thing. My friends, Jesus in the gospel ended with repent and believe, repent and um, know that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. At hand for him meant now, uh, not next week. It's here now. And uh, Jesus, when he speaks of repentance, he re he's talking about the human heart, the innerness of it. He's saying that the heart must change. He spoke about it often, and sometimes we forget. And because of that, uh, repentance means a change of heart, a change of perspective, a change of attitude. And the kingdom of heaven is at hand. My friends, Jesus was not talking about a place in that moment. He was talking about the way you live. And this is why he used the word repentance, change of heart, Kingdom of heaven is at hand now. The kingdom of heaven, he didn't say, was on the other side of another universe. He's talking about within you. And then we hear the stories about challenges, and so uh, we use, we immerse ourselves in his word, in his teachings, in prayer. As Catholics, we use the sacraments to give us grace, to give us hope, to make us strong in those things. And my friends, so... Um, I'm asking all of you, uh, knowing that um, Jesus said, I must lead, but don't lord uh, your pastoral authority over people. Very well. 